Star Trek, our favorite frontier. These are the podcasts of Aaron and Polly, their ongoing mission to explore all things Trek, to seek out cool things and pick them apart, to boldly complain as no one's complained before. And this is Paul. And welcome to our premiere episode of The Good Fight with Aaron and Polly. Now, you know, it's been a long time since season one of The Good Fight, but I think Paul and I are going to bring you right up to speed on what's going on with with all, all your favorite characters, you know, with your with actress Kush Jumbo and all the others. It's going to it's going to be it's going to be a great show. Great show. Paul, are you ready to dive in? Oh, Oh, so I um, I I didn't watch it. So you just didn't watch the premiere episode. So we can you got through your your binge of season one though, right? Well, I thought we were going to talk about Seal Team. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. I mean, I that I I opened up the CBS All Access app and I'm like, okay, well, what the hell could we possibly talk about now? And so Seal Team seemed good. It has David Boreanaz, TV's oh, yeah, angel. I'm so- do you mean David Boreanaz? I do. Huh. And, you know, they, huh. they just returned from their fall break. So, you know, I mean, or whatever break the hell they were on. And, uh, yeah, I was, I was ready. I, I mean, I saw it. I'm all caught up. I'm, I'm, I am all caught up. Huh. Are you ready? Let's talk about SEAL Team. I haven't watched any SEAL Team. You haven't watched any Good Fight. I guess all we have to talk about then is Star Trek, Paul. Well, they're superior donuts. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to stick with Star Trek, Paul. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm ready. So, I'm ready for so that. So welcome, everybody, to the podcast you deserve. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily the podcast you need. This is Star Trek with Aaron and Polly, a very exciting episode of such. And Paul... You know, I, I don't know if we talked about this on a previous episode or not, but uh, Amazon has created an entire Star Trek store inside Amazon.com. I don't know. Did we talk about that? I don't recall. No. So they've got a whole Star Trek store, and it's just all different kinds of Star Trek stuff. And they're offering a, a number of the Star Trek Discovery-inspired uh, T-shirts and whatnot. And they had a couple of great T-shirts out there that I ordered. And so I wore – my Starfleet Command, my brand new Starfleet Command t-shirt out into the world on Saturday. And the wife and I are out doing some shopping and the store salesman crosses the store. I mean, he, he is on me like a laser beam or perhaps I should say phaser beam. Oh. And, <laughs> and he comes right up and he's like, he's like, uh, is that a Starfleet Command shirt? And I said, yeah, yeah, it is. And he goes, man, that's cool. And I said, I said, well, thank you. And and so we were actually looking for a specific salesperson. And uh, I, you know, I'm like, hey, is uh, is Taryn here? And, and he's like, oh yeah, I'll get Taryn. I'll let I'll let her know that the cool guy is here. And so I told Suzanne, my wife, clearly, I'm cool. Uh, and you, and he didn't <laughs> even get the sale. I'm just saying. <laughs> 
Poor no, guy. After no. all that, after all that lying. Because no, I mean, let's be honest, Aaron. Do you really associate Starfleet shirts with cool? Like in the real world? I mean, certainly I, we do it in Trek. I uh, I've got a comic book podcast, Paul. I've got a couple of actual play podcasts. I've got a Star Trek podcast. I think you know how I'm coming down on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like, you know, even amongst my peers, I, I would, if wearing a Star Trek shirt, not cool. I don't know. I don't know. It's a whole different world now. It's a whole different world. It ball. is. It is. Shape of Water won Best Picture at the Academy Awards. A fucking A, Right. Right. Yeah. Did we drop that bombs to... on this podcast? I think we yeah, did. Sure we do. Sure we do. Fucking A. Yeah, I, uh, it was pretty wild, wasn't it? It was. It was. We're yeah. not going to talk about it because... I, I have not seen it. What? So That's why I, we can't I, talk I, about it. I, I we haven't, haven't seen, I, seen a goddamn <laughs> thing to talk about on this podcast. <laughs> I am as capable of talking about The Shape of Water as I am talking about SEAL Team 6. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I was I was sitting on the couch the other day and the wife came home and I am watching an episode of Next Generation. Now, as is tradition in my house, when I am watching something we can just go ahead and call nerdy, Mm -hmm. I generally will suspend my watch so that uh, the wife and I can can watch, uh, you know, whatever the two of us can watch together. Right. Because she's just not into the Star Trek stuff. Mm hmm. And so she comes in, sits down, and I've got uh, I've got the episode Second Chances on. That's the one where uh, years ago, like eight years ago, uh, William Riker beams beams up from a planet uh, that has this weird radiation shield on it, and there's a transporter accident, and he beams up to his ship, the USS Potemkin, at the time, but another other beam go is reflected back to the planet. And his exact duplicate is is created down there. And so this exact duplicate of William Riker is down there on the planet for eight years when the Enterprise returns to retrieve some of the uh, the data files that are that are down there on that planet. And so the wife comes in, sits down and I I said, "Okay, let me catch you up. (laughs) (laughs) She stares at me like I'm a madman. And I'm like, okay, so we're calling him Thomas Riker so that we can make the distinction between Commander Will Riker and Lieutenant Thomas Riker. And of course, you know, he's still in that same place emotionally that he was eight years before. He's still deeply in love with Deanna Troy and thinks that they're supposed to get together in a week or so. But he never got to go in a week because he was stranded on the planet for eight lonely years. And he wants to rekindle that romance. But of course, Deanna's in a very different place. And Suzanne is staring at me like, when is the talking goat going to stop? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I, I, I had to put on something else. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, uh, that that went poorly. Yeah, yeah. So I tried. I tried because I just thought, you know, maybe this maybe this is my moment, you know. Maybe this is the moment where I I lure her across the street into the United Federation of Planets. Were you, were you wearing a Star Trek shirt? Because that's probably the problem. I was actually at the time. I was wearing my my United Federation of Planets flag shirt. So you were, and and you guys can't see me, but I'm putting up air quotes right now. Cool, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I am just like Fonzie. Just. Just. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
Hey. Hey. That's so cool. Uh, sorry. Well, you know who else is cool, Paul? Like, actually cool? Like, actually cool? Oh. Like, like classic Hollywood, almost Playboy-ish cool is is one Mr. Nathan Greno. Oh, dude, I freaking love Nathan Greno. He, uh, I mean, if you follow him on Instagram, he, like, lives this charmed life. He is frequently traveling to exotic locales. You know, he's just doing all kinds of fun stuff. And he he is an amazing illustrator. Yeah, um, and um, so in a card-carrying member of Club 33 out of Disneyland for our right. Disney our Disney listeners here. I've only been there once, and it was with a friend who had a membership. I, I, I will never be able to afford a membership of my own. <laughs> um, but Nathan Greeno is uh, he is a 21-year uh, vet at Walt Disney Animation Studios. He is the director of Disney's Tangled, if you've seen that. If you haven't seen that, um, it is basically the movie that kind of brought Disney Disney back uh, into the whole, uh, you know, it, it kind of brought them, uh, what's the way I'm trying, I'm, I guess I'm trying to describe it as, like, you know, every couple of years, Disney falls on hard times, then they have a film that revitalizes them, and everyone thinks it's frozen, but really it's tangled, right? Um, that, that, that kind of brought on this new wave of Disney computer-generated films. Right. Without for Tangled, there wouldn't be Frozen and Coco and all the crap that's coming now. <laughs> crap. Uh, all the good things that are happening now. And so Nathan Greno was the director of Frozen. Um, and he has left Disney uh, animation. Which surprises the hell out of me. It, you know, I he seems see like though. He seems like, you know, Disney is in him at his core. And it, it does. It, I, I certainly think so. But what I think has happened is, um, and, and this is purely speculation, right? We, we've, we've spoken to the guy. Um, but you know, really not uh, on a personal level much. Right. Uh, and so, you know, what I think has happened is he was originally signed up to direct a film called Gigantic, um, loosely based on Jack and the Beanstalk. It was scheduled originally for a 2020 release. And, uh, what, I mean, it was actually, it was, it's been delayed multiple times. Um, and in October of 2017, it was announced that the film had been shelved. And so I think what has actually just happened is that, um, you know, as a result of that, he's like, well, I mean, I, I need a job. You know, I could wait for something else to come up in Disney or I could sign up with Skydance Media um, to direct a, an animated film provisionally titled Powerless, as well as consult on projects in development. If you're not familiar with Skydance Media, they are a production company based at Paramount Studios in Hollywood, California. Founded by David Ellison, um, they are uh, responsible for films like the Mission Impossible series, The Good Ones, that have happened uh, since J.J. Abrams came on, um, uh, the Star Trek J.J. Abrams films, World War Z, Terminator Genesis, the Jack Reacher films. You can see a trend there. There's J.J. Abrams and Tom Cruise. They're heavily involved in a lot of those films. Um, and so he signed with them now. You know... I, I know that this is just fantasy on my part, but uh, the the notion of an animated Star Trek feature or an animated Star Trek series, another animated Star Trek series, uh, particularly helmed by somebody such as Nathan Greeno, boy, that would be hot. Oh yeah. You know, th there was there was uh, 
a lot of speculation back in the day that there would be a TNG, a next generation animated series. And there was talk about a, a web series and then it just never happened. But uh, man, I, I just I, I would love to see that happen. I you know, and it'd have be to cool. be it have to be an animated feature, though, right? Because all the TV stuff is owned by CBS All Access. But uh, unless they were, you know, doing some work for hire for CBS. But uh, man, I'd love that. Well, I mean, well, I guess right, because I guess Paramount doesn't really have its own streaming service. But right. could they do in theory and based? I obviously TV stuff is owned by um, CBS. But if they were to create an animated series that was to go with a streaming service, would that be something they could do as long as it was set in the JJ verse? The JJ. I think that it would have. I think anything that's going to broadcast media, uh, streaming or otherwise, has to run through CBS. So they could certainly contract, you know, contract with a uh, production house such as uh, uh, Skydance. Yeah. Um, I keep one called Skyrim, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, they can certainly contract with, with a shop to produce that for them, but they, but Paramount could not say, Hey, we're going to do this on our own. If it was going to be for, for broadcast television. Gotcha. Well, so, you know, well, but they uh, could certainly do an animated feature. Yeah. Which would be cool. They, they, I'd see yeah. it. I mean, yeah, certainly see it. it's it, at this rate, it's probably going to come up before the next Star Trek live action film. Oh, right. Have you right. noticed we've gotten very little news about that Tarantino thing since it was first announced? Well, you know, I, I think Tarantino's got his head down given some of the press that's come out about him. Well, fair. Uh, and, you know, a, a lot of times it takes a while for that stuff to kind of gel. So it wouldn't surprise me if they're not still working hard at it or as hard as folks work at those sorts of things. Yeah. But, uh, uh, and, you know, it'll probably be another, you know, three or six months before we hear something. Yeah, fair. Fair. Yeah, but anywho, I I'm just I, I'm I'm fascinated that that Greno has left a Greno Greno has left uh, Disney because he just seems like you know just a Disney guy at heart, yeah. you know, and, and he's he got that. Is. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he he seems he's a really nice guy. Um, you know, he has done uh, numerous uh, commissions for Aaron and I. Uh, always really personable, easy to work with, uh, and and he took our commit. I mean, I'm not I'm not recommending this because I'm sure this is um, out of the norm. But he he did work for us outside of his commission list because his commission list was full. Yeah. Um. So really nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nothing but respect for him. And you know, if you're not following him on Instagram, you're missing out because he draws a picture a day, and they're always gorgeous. He did a Wonder Woman today that was just amazing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, he does. Yeah. You know, he does, and so. he sells them. You know. Um. So. If yeah, and fairly reasonably, it it it's remarkable to me that how. Uh, how accessible his artwork is. Yeah. So, well, Paul. Yes, sir. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with uh, television actor David Ogden Stiers. I think, however, it's a fair uh, fair to say that I'm not. Well, he uh, he played probably most famously the role of Charles. That famous Charles Emerson Winchester the third, I think, was the name. Oh, uh, on uh, Mash back oh, in the day. Okay, yeah, I know who we're talking I don't, about. I know it's Charles Winchester. I'm trying to get, remember if I'm getting his middle name right. I think it was Emerson Winchester. Anyway, uh, he he is connected to our podcast because he played uh, uh, Tennyson on an episode of The Next Generation opposite uh, Major Old Barrett Roddenberry, who in her role as Loxana. Troy. The episode was Half a Life. Um, 
He also has a connection to Disney. He was a Disney mainstay doing voices uh, in a number of the company's movies like uh, the Governor Ratcliffe and Wiggins in 1995's Pocahontas. He was was uh, Cogsworth in uh, the original Beauty and the Beast. Well, not the original, you know, the animated uh, Beauty and the Beast from Disney. Yeah, and he was Archdeacon in The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Fenton Q. Harcourt in 2001's Atlantis, The Lost Empire. Oh, yeah. Love yeah. Atlantis. Love Atlantis. Yeah. So, you know, lots of lots of voice work, lots of TV work over the years. Uh, in his episode uh, of Next Generation called Half-A-Life, um, he is uh, approaching his 60th birthday. And, of course, his alien culture, because he's got the weird, you know, alien forehead thing going on. Uh, <laughs> and his just looks kind of like a birthmark. <laughs> <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't have to spend near as much time in the chair as some, pe- some people do. But uh, his character, you know, uh, th- that race uh, voluntarily commits suicide at age 60. Oh. Because otherwise you're a burden on the young. you're a burden on the young, and so of course, Loxana Troy is uh, personally affronted by this, you know, because you know she's of an age, and uh, has has fallen, you know, in love with uh, with Tennyson. So anyway, it's it's a memorable episode. I enjoyed that episode. I enjoyed his performance in it. I particularly enjoyed him. He uh, was a guest actor in Frasier back in the day played the uh, uh, research assistant to Frazier's mother. And, uh, you know, there, there is the, the drama in the episode is the, the he is more like, uh, Frazier is more like the Dogden, David Ogden Stiers character than uh, he is his father's character, Martin. And so there's speculation that maybe, you know, his uh, mother goofed around with his, uh, with our research assistant. Goofed anyway, around. goofed around. That is the polite way to say that, Paul. That's a new word for me. That's right. So uh, he has passed away. He uh, was sorry to hear that. He was 75 years old and uh, passed away of gallbladder cancer. And, uh, you know, just wanted to remember him here on SEAL Team 6 with Aaron and Polly. So. Oh, oh, Aaron, that is not the right time to make a joke. <laughs> is there a greater honor than to be remembered here on SEAL Team 6 with Aaron, with Aaron and Polly? Well, perhaps <laughs> SEAL Team Six can find your missing your missing mission crate. Well, Paul, we we have an update. What in con- concerning my mission crate? Oh, okay. So last week on the interwebs, you know, you could see that mission crates were going out. Now, I will say the good folks over at uh, Loot Crate, who run the whole mission crate, uh, you know, scam, as it were. Uh, you know, they told us back in February, Hey, when we ship those out, we're going to send you a notice, letting you know when it goes out. So I have been concerned because I'm seeing other people on Instagram and on, you know, YouTube and whatnot, receiving their mission crates, but I have not, had not received a notification that mine had gone out, but I'm happy to say when I got home from work tonight, it was sitting there on my porch. What? Did you open it? I have not opened it yet because I'm going to do an unboxing for the channel. What? But uh, I will say the box is gorgeous, Paul. Oh. The box is shaped like an original series shuttlecraft. It's the USS Galileo. So it's got, you know, the, the I mean, it is it is a great looking box. It really is. I mean, I was just like, wow. that And, I, and that's the only thing I've seen online because I've not looked at other people's uh, 
Um, nor should you, listener. Nor right, should nor you. should you. But uh, just look at I us. mean, it, it is really a very attractive box. Huh. And I haven't said that since prom night. So. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to shoot that uh, that video later this evening, so you should be able to find that on our YouTube channel by the time you download this episode. Exciting. Yeah, yeah, pretty exciting. Oh, and so. by the way, before we head off to our next topic, if you want to check out our YouTube channel, it is youtube.com slash ideology of madness. That's where that video will be. Go look. Go look. IOM geek in your face. <laughs> we need some kind of jingle, don't you think? <laughs> in your face. That's our jingle. <laughs> All well, over your face. I, I don't know. Well, perhaps we can get someone to sing it in Klingon. Maybe. And you know, the great thing is, Paul, is that if you can speak Klingon, you know, like Kalesh. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't even say that right in our first episode. Just putting that out there. Well, if you can order your tickets in Klingon, you can get free t- tickets to a uh, concert over in, I forget where it is. London? Yeah, London. That's right. Because it's at Royal Albert Hall. Yes. Now, here's the thing that, that kills me is I'm, I'm reading that article and I read that article, article three times and I still cannot figure out what the concert is. <laughs> but it's free if you speak Klingon. Is it perhaps a, a live orchestral version of the Star Trek music? Is it? I don't know. Uh, you, you're you legit know. asking. Okay. I, I have no <laughs> idea. I have no idea. Okay. But anyway, I was, I was amused by that, that, you know, <laughs> Klingon operators are standing by to take your order. Which is pretty, uh, awesome. like, I mean, if you're not a Klingon operator and someone calls... Do you just like, oh, shit, hold on. <laughs> Marry up! And then you have to you have to transfer them to the Klingon operator? Yeah, yeah. Hold on. Let me get Lursa on the phone. What's what's hello in Klingon? Um, I think it's cheers. <laughs> it is not <laughs> cheers. <laughs> That's how the first person answers the phone. The actual British person. <laughs> I have no idea, Paul. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's but a, uh, if, if you can't get your free he, Klingon concert ticket, uh-huh. maybe you could hop over to Sweden to the Klingon Tourist Center, which is now open. Oh, well, maybe you can learn Klingon there. Maybe that could be a good place to learn some Klingon so that you can order your concert tickets. Like Nook Neck. Yeah, Nook Neck. That's hello, by the way. That's the general Jack greeting. Jack you know, really, all you have to do is sound like you're, you're about to gag. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that's I, I have I have offended our Klingons in the audience. You know, it's a it's a it's a racial slur to <laughs> is to, it to characterize their their beautiful language in such a manner. You're a horrible person. I am. I am. I, I am. I am terrible. Well, perhaps you should get some culture uh-huh. at the Klingon Tourist Center. The Klingon Tourist Center. So in Sweden. They have opened up a, uh, I guess it's, you could sort of call it live theater. Uh-huh. Uh, at the, they have turned a theater into a Klingon cultural center where you can go and, and see demonstrations of Klingon fighting, of Klingon singing, of Klingon food. I mean, it's, it's a whole thing. And I'm, the, the, when I first started reading this article before I realized that it was in Sweden, I was like, I am going to this. This sounds awesome. And they've got, you know, pictures of it online. Uh, it looks fantastic. But, of course, it's in Sweden. So you're not going. Well, I'm just thinking it's going to take a while to drive there. <laughs> <laughs> It'll take a very, very long time. Just saying. 
Just saying. <laughs> Unless we build those underground tunnels. I just wonder if Sweden's got like a huge uh, Star Trek fandom. Or if this <laughs> I would patch. hope so. Otherwise, this shit's not going to be open very long. <laughs> well, I'm just wondering, is this a passion project or, or, or is there just like some huge Star Trek fandom in uh, out there in, in Sweden? Because, I mean, I, it just it, it seems so specific. Yeah. You know? Uh, that it's, you know, it just seems like it'd be a rather niche audience, but I got to tell you that the pictures that they've got, the makeup on these guys looks fantastic. Oh yeah. And these are, by the way, are the way Klingons are supposed to look. Oh, oh, we're going there with it. Yes, we are. Mm. (laughs) These are authentic movie era to next generation era Klingon, Imperial Klingons. I just, you know, they look appropriate to me. Getting racist up in here. What was that? I said, we're getting racist up in here. (laughs) <laughs> sure paul sure mm-hmm. i'm just saying that whatever those things are in discovery oh those people yeah those people they they are not they are not my klingon <laughs> as much as i have enjoyed the stories this season they are not my klingon remain just klingon so. yeah but you know enunciate don't talk like you got marbles in your mouth <laughs> <laughs> well so aaron we, you know, we are in that in-between time uh, of Star Trek Discovery and will and will be for the foreseeable future. Uh, so, you know, we have mentioned to our listeners that we are re-watching currently episodes of other Star Trek series related to the Mirror Universe. And so we previously discussed Mirror Mirror from Star Trek, the original series. And this week you asked me to watch the Tholian Web. Did you watch uh, it? Before? I did. I did. Yeah. Did you- that, that's not like that. There's no Shyamalan twist where I said, nah, I didn't watch it. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I actually, I actually did watch it. Um, but I got to the end. Now, keep in mind, I am not the Star Trek fanatic that you are. You know, I am, I am a fan. Um, I am, you know, I've not seen every episode of every show. I have, you know, in, in the continuity, I'm not as versed in it as I am in other things. Um, I'm just a fan. And I, I, I enjoy it quite a bit. So when I got to the end of the Tholian web, I was like, why the hell did Aaron make me watch this episode? And I realized after Wikipedia, uh, why you made me watch this episode. <laughs> and why is that, Paul? Well, because this is, well, I mean, I knew it was related to the USS Defiant because that's mentioned throughout the episode, but I didn't understand how that correlated. And then I realized it does later on correlate um in a, a different series they they found right. a way to uh, to make it all connect like a memento <laughs> yeah 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 so you know the the enterprise episodes that we're going to be watching next are essentially a prequel to this episode right yes so because so. you know it it takes place in the mirror universe however it occurs prior to this because when the defiant slips through space out of normal space into wherever it goes which we later determine is the mirror universe it also goes back in time so which is how you know uh the folks on discovery can be interacting with the mirror universe and and be aware that you know the defiance over there and that kind of thing because this all this episode of the original series occurs prior to what happens in discovery and prior to what happened in star trek enterprise 
Woof. Yeah. Time crazy, travel. crazy town, right? Time travel. But you know, Paul, my head hurt. Uh, this original series episode, which is a third season original series episode, is titled "The Tholian Web." But in Japan, Paul, mm-hmm. the title was not so brief. <laughs> oh. It was called The Crisis of Captain Kirk, who was thrown into different dimensional space. Okay, well, I mean, that's a more accurate title. title, yeah. That is a catchy title. Crisis of Captain Kirk, who was thrown into different dimensional space. Well, you know, I mean, that's what yeah. happened. Yeah. So I, I, I really enjoy this episode. And I know uh, a lot of folks, you know, bag on the third season of the original series. But I, I think there's a lot there to enjoy. And, and I think this, this episode is one of those things. Uh, one of the things that I love about this episode is that Kirk is presumed dead, right? Yes. He is. He uh, stays behind last man uh, leaving the Defiant because the Defiant's about to slip out of space. And, uh, you know, he sends his his away team back to the Enterprise. And right as the Enterprise is getting ready to pull him back, you know, because the, the transporter is acting dodgy because of the strange space that they're in. And they can't they can't uh, get a lock on Captain Kirk. And he disappears with the Defiant. And uh, so we assume that he's dead. And because we assume that he's dead, we play his final message to uh, Kirk and to uh, Spock and McCoy. And I just love that scene. I mean, I've loved that scene since I was a little kid. You know, the, the, the little, hey, you know, I've left you this special greeting from the grave. You know, here, here's how I recommend that you treat each other. And, you know, what, what, I, what I think is great about that is that McCoy is all up Spock's ass. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> on how he has run the mission since uh, Kirk disappeared. And I mean, he's like, you know, you had to make sure he was dead, didn't you, Spock? <laughs> you pointed-eared Vulcan. I mean, he just—I mean, just completely abusive to Spock. And you know, here comes Kirk saying, "Hey, you know, McCoy, remember, no matter how much you disagree with him, he's the captain, and he needs—he needs your advice, he needs your support, and he deserves it because he's the captain." And you know, you just see McCoy just withering under that because he realizes <laughs> how bad he's been. I, I love that scene. Yeah, that's that a good scene. scene. Um, you know, I, of, of course, that you had Chekhov uh, going crazy, cray cray. <laughs> well, you know, anytime you get an opportunity to have uh, uh, Walter Koenig scream, I think you have to seize on that opportunity. You know, he screamed great in Wrath of Khan. He screams great here. He screamed great in uh, Naked Time. I mean, he's just a good screamer. I think if you run into him out in public, you know, pinch him. Yeah. Just pinch him. Just pinch the tar out of him. Make it. Make that bitch scream. <laughs> Don't do that. Funny. <laughs> Star Trek with Aaron Napoli does not endorse pinching Walter Koenig in public. Uh, but I, I enjoyed this episode. Um, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed Mirror Mirror um, more, but I thought this was a this was an interesting episode. It, 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 it had some interesting concepts to it. Um, I, I think in looking at it as a product of its time, right? Because you know they set up this defiant mystery that was never really resolved until forty years later, right? right. Uh, I, I found that interesting. You know, what what was the plan? Were they ever going to resolve it, or was it basically just you know a MacGuffin to to it was, set up the it was story a MacGuffin more? to get. Yeah, it was a MacGuffin to get them there so that you could have the disappearing Kirk story, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't Kirk think anybody could ever be thrown into dimensional. What was it? 
<laughs> different dimensional space. Different dimensional space. Yeah. But, you know, I don't think anybody ever wondered what happened to Defiant. You know, I, yeah. I think because, you know, there was no you never thought, but particularly back in back in those days, you know, they really didn't serialize those story those stories. And, and Star Trek in the in those first three years, very rarely called back on previous shows. It was kind of like the characters forgot everything that ever happened to them previously in the next week's episode. Right. Um, so there was, there was rarely that continuity between shows. Sometimes there was, but it was, it was very rare. Um, I, uh, I, I really dig the spacesuits in the episode. Uh, you know, the environmental suits Mm -hmm. in the original script, they were supposed to be wearing life support shields, you know, like it, it was like a, a belt, a power belt that would then like, you know, put a shimmering force field around them. But they decided that they wanted something more tactile. And so they used the the spacesuits and they're kind of made out of silver lame. And the thing that uh, that they decided to use instead of like a plexiglass bubble over the helmet, they used this mesh material, which would allow the 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 actors to speak and be mic'd without, you know, having to do something funny inside the suit. Um, and back in the day, you know, if you think about it, you know, they didn't have the resolution, you know, they didn't have the, the high definition resolution or even the 4k that we've got today. They had, you know, uh, the standard broadcast and nobody ever thought that there would be a high enough resolution that you'd see it and go, that's not, you know, that's not glass. That's not some sort of solid bubble around them. Uh, but you know, with the, with all of the, uh, the, HD enhancements that have occurred, you know, you can clearly see, you know, the guy's wearing a screen door, Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, I, 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 but I love those suits. I saw online that, uh, one of them recently auctioned for like, you know, $166,000. Oh, there's no, all? there's no zippers in that suit, Paul. Ew. You know, if you're, if you're gonna, if you're going to go pee, you got to completely shed that thing before you can do that. Well, to be fair, you are in space. You certainly don't want something that you can just zip up and zip down. That's right. That's right. I'm yeah. just saying, you know, if, if your thought was that you were going to go buy that thing, Paul, and then wear it around the house, just know you've got a production before you before you go pee. Unless, of course, you do your little strap on stadium, pal. Yeah. I mean, which, I, I catheterize. I mean, I, yeah. I, I drink some, I drink a <laughs> lot of water. Yeah. Yeah. You get your caths, you know, at a discounted price from from that from the catheter cowboy, right? Yeah, the catheter cowboy, yeah. and he sells it out of the back of an El Camino. <laughs> well, another thing that I really love about this episode, Paul, is you know we get to see inside Kirk's quarters, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that, that that always seems to happen so rarely. We saw it on uh, Mirror Mirror, you know, we saw the Mirror Kirk's quarters, uh, but I, I like it when we when we get to see their personal space. And I love what we got to see Uhura's quarters, right? You know, because Uhura's in there, you know, uh, getting ready for bed when, you know, she sees the ghost of Captain Kirk in the mirror, um, you know, as he's as he's shifting from that other dimensional space or different dimensional space. But, you know, uh, Uhura's quarters all look like, you know, she's got, you know, purple drapes and purple lights and it's all purpley. And I just kept expecting to hear purple rain, purple rain. <laughs> you know, it just it very much had that that, uh, you know, Prince in the Revolution sort of look about it. Well, sadly, that didn't happen. I mean, yeah. perhaps it would have if it didn't predate Purple Rain. Well, but, you know, with all of this time travel, Paul, oh, how could they not have added that 
when they did the HD remaster. Well, perhaps when we get to season two of Star Trek Discovery, they can have that happen in a time travel esque story. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, I, I, I enjoy Tholian Webb. I, you know, I, I hope you did as well, Paul. Uh, I, you I, know, did, it, I did. I, I really did. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we saw it. And so what is our next, our next, our next watch, our next view of uh, our, whatever, our next episode, our, damn it. Our, our next episode will feature a rewatch of, I believe it's called Through a Mirror Darkly. That's the Enterprise, the uh, part one of the Enterprise episode. Oh, okay, okay. Are we going to watch just the first episode, or are we going to watch both of the episodes? We're going to watch just the first episode. Oh, ever? I mean, are we not through a? Gl- <laughs> we'll come. We'll come back and do part two in the in the episode after that. Okay. But we want to give it all the love and attention it's due, Paul. In a mirror darkly. In a mirror darkly. Thank you. Thank so, you. Part one. Part one. Episode eighteen, season four. Just part one. So if That's you're right. trying to watch along with us, episode 18, season four, Star Trek Enterprise, In a Mirror Darkly, original air date, April 22nd, 2005. Don't fuck it up. Don't. Don't do it. Don't be like Paul. Yeah. Yeah. And also get caught up on SEAL Team. We'll talk about it next time. <laughs> and the good fight. And don't do that. Just SEAL Team. <laughs> Burn through the first season and the episode that dropped on the second season episode that dropped on Sunday. You'll be good. Literally burn it. but you know if you do watch any of those three things call us and let us know about it tell us what you think 972-763-5903 that number once again 972-763-5903 and if we use your voicemail on the air you'll win a coveted valuable ideology of madness surprise it's very exciting or or just putting this out there you can reach out via any of our social media feeds at on Twitter at Ideology Madness, Instagram at IOM Geek, Facebook IOM Geek, IOMGeek.com, or ideologyofmadness at gmail.com. However, you want to get in touch with us. However, I will say we prefer to hear your voice so that we can put it here on the podcast and then mock you immediately after. <laughs> That's exactly correct. So, Paul. Yes, sir. Have a great week. I will go into the mirror darkly. Please do, Paul. Episode one only. Star Trek with Aaron and Polly is a production of IOMGeek.com. Have a question or comment? Hailing frequencies are open at 972-763-5903. Tribble wrangling provided by Triskelion Trays. No troublesome tribbles. Mr. Aponte's wardrobe provided courtesy of Garrick's Clothiers, conveniently located on the promenade. 